Folks, welcome to the Sloppy Boys Blowout. I'm Mike. I'm sitting here with Jeff and Tim. Yo, yo, yo. And we are here to just dish it. We're dishing out the goods today. (laughs) Not me. I'm going to keep my lips sealed shut. I'm keeping the dish close to the vest. No way, man. This is the blowout. The people are paying the good money and we're so glad they do. We got to give them the dish, the dirty dish. Okay, let's dish the dirt. Um... What do we got? What's happening out here in Hollywood that would be of interest to people? Um, the celebrities are all Botox to high heaven. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's pretty- new deal has been inked as it, is, as it is the new year. Everyone's sucking everybody. <laughs> it's a real bacchanal down Sunset Boulevard. The COVID vaccine is starting to come out. So all of those octogenarians at those... What is it? Supported living homes? <laughs> They're fucking like you wouldn't believe, man. <laughs> when is that all going to be uh, appropriate that we can all go in there and watch that? No, when it, when is the vaccine going to be like we all have it? The spring, um, they say. You're asking the right guys, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I, I looked myself up on that calculator and saw that there are 230 million people in line ahead of me. So I ain't holding my breath. But here's the thing. It's not the worst thing that you personally aren't getting the vaccine. We're just happy that it's fucking out there. Yeah. Do you think that at this point we should change this podcast to be called Fauci's Friends? (laughs) Fauci and Friends and just hope that he shows up one day. We have called him out on it. Get it, get in here and uh, oh, we invited defend him to yourself set about the that, bad, that bad opening pitch he had. Yeah, we threw the hammer down on old Fauci. Yeah. No response. I'm sure that that's his top priority. Once COVID is done, he can get to the other things on his to-do list. And he's probably thinking, oh, those podcasters made fun of my pitch. I'm sure when COVID's done, he's going to have all offers to host his own show. And he should call it the Fauci Hour. The Fauci Hour. <laughs> and as long as you say it like wow. that, it works. One hour of Fauci. <laughs> it's actually kind of interesting to think that, uh, you know, the three of us are comedy writers and sometimes sometimes our pitches are a little left of center. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> hope they are. So there you have that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tim, there you have that. I use that upper, uh, that, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's talk about the movie, huh? (laughs) Yeah, let's get into the film. We didn't come here to talk about Fauci hour. We don't want to spend an hour on Fauci. On on Hauer on Fauci? Fauci Hauer. You guys, one joke craps out and you just want to hop to the next big ticket item. (laughs) That joke didn't crap out. I'm done with it. We're doing kind of like a wired or tired. Is that what it is? Tired or wired? Weird or tiered. Hot or not. Weird, weird or weird or tiered. Because everything <laughs> is either weird as in strange or tiered as in stacked up in many levels. Yeah. yeah. I think it's safe to say that we all know that. P- people will say like um, a wedding cake, weird or tiered. <laughs> uh, that's going to be, well, depends what it looks like. It could be weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, uh, <laughs> 
strangely colored wedding cake. Wedding cake leads us kind of into the movie, thank God. Hey, thank you, thank God. Spoiler country. Folks, we're talking how Stella got her groove back. Oh, it's the beginning of the year, and and it's time that we get our groove back. That's why we picked this movie. We're we changing said, things, we're going to change our lives, and we're going to get back into it. Get back to feeling good again. A new lease on life, Thank a new pep you. in our step. 2020's here, and we want to get our groove back. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Here's the synopsis from Google. Unlucky in love stockbroker Stella, Angela Bassett, Gets to Jamaica with her gal pal Delilah, Whoopi Goldberg, for some fun in the sun. There, the 40-year-old working woman has an island fling with Winston Shakespeare, Tay Diggs, a handsome 20-something. How Stella Got Her Groove Back is a 1998 American romantic comedy drama film directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan, adapted from Terry McMillan's best-selling 1996 novel ah. of the same title, which informs a lot about what I, how I felt about the movie. I see, I see. It's funny to me that they said that Winston is a 20-something because he's 20. He's 20 on the nose. So the something is zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe over the, t- over the course of the movie, he's eight. How long do we think this movie... Took. It's like nine and a half years. <laughs> hey, if you're if you're twenty if you're twenty in a couple weeks, you're twenty something. Yeah. yeah, only for that one minute are you just twenty flat. Um, I that synopsis is really good, and I'm wishing that I had read the synopsis before I watched the movie because I was really confused the whole time. I thought that Stella referred to uh, the comedy group. Oh boy! And I pop in the DVD. Ready to see Michael Ian Black. You got a DVD of this? Yeah, I, I went to uh, Suncoast uh-huh. and I bought it and I came home and popped it in the DVD player. Me? I'm a Redbox guy. Oh, you went to the fucking Redbox physically. You'll see You'll see me. I'll go to the Redbox that's in a grocery store and then look for Stella Got a Groove Back and I'll go to the cashier. Hey, oh, well, you don't have Stella Got a Groove Back in the Redbox? What's the matter with you? This is a hot <laughs> hit movie. Was. It's behind the Transformers, you moron. All right. <laughs> All right. God, stop yelling. You're always yelling at me. I'll say this. I didn't know until I read it just now that it was based on a novel. Oh, I didn't know that either. It feels very novelly. Anytime something is between genres, because this is a, this movie is kind of a comedy, because it has some some jokes or big swings, but then the scenes, the, the jokes are pretty spread out, and then it's treated very melodramatic and very well-directed. It's a very well-shot movie, and I feel like that's a telltale sign that something is a novel, is that it's a comedy, but we're also asked to care. Yes. Well, uh, I lot. also feel like in the 90s when movies were big, because this was a pretty big movie, uh, it, if they were popular, they would probably came from a novel. It seems to me would be a a good thing to say about a 90s movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sometimes <laughs> disappointed when I find out a movie is from a novel. Like all the great filmmakers, Martin Scorsese and Stanley Kubrick and stuff like that. It's kind of a bummer that they just read a bunch of books and were like, I'll make that. <laughs> I can see it. But they're, te- they're telling the story visually, Tim. Oh, see, I hadn't actually thought that's of about that. Film is a visual medium, I think. Here, here's my problem. I have kind of a cinematographer's eye myself. And when mm. I read a novel, I will picture the most beautiful crane shot you ever oh, seen. Oh, you will? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. You can. You'll do that? I will. I, I swear <laughs> I will. I'm willing to. 
I picture everyone as cartoon characters out of the Robert Roger Rabbit universe. When I'm reading, <laughs> Mike, when that's because you're fucked in the head, dude. Well, that's okay, guys. Uh, so none of us have seen this movie. I have never seen this, and I kind of it felt it felt to me like for a long time like a a punchline movie, like because it's a funny title. It's a funny title, and people would say like, you know, if I was. Going on vacation, it's like, oh, Hanford's getting his groove back or something like that. Yeah, and it's why we chose to watch it, because we were like, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yes, exactly right. Um, let's just recap quickly before we get to Jamaica the first time. Sure. Um, Angela Bassett plays, what's her name? God damn. What's the main? Stella. Oh, yeah. Stella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stella boy. Yes, okay. <laughs> so Somebody did not watch the film. W- what's the deal with Stella? She's uh, like a stockbroker. She's she single mom, divorcee. Single mom. Her kid is cool. Super. Uh, she's busy. She's very successful. Working too hard. Uh, I think her friends and her family want her to like slow down and get her life. I think they want her to find a man. She, the, they want her to find a man, but like uh, one of them is Regina King. Yep. Uh, I can't tell if they're like sisters or just friends. The the two. I think just they, I think they were sisters. The all the the three women in the um the three the spa, the spa scene are were sisters. By the way, that was super funny in the spa scene when they start kicking the water at each other, and then the white yes, lady yeah. next to him starts laughing, and they're like, "We don't even know you." <laughs> what are you laughing at? We don't know you. <laughs> that was super funny. That was funny. But uh, before too long, we meet her real best friend, which is Whoopi, and they go to Jamaica, baby. Hmm. Whoopi's coming from New York City. This was kind of confusing to me that like at one in one scene she's friends with Whoopi, and then in another scene she was making Whoopi. Hmm. Tim. Interesting. I thought, um, wait, what is oh, before she gets on the phone with Whoopi to say she wants to go to Jamaica, she sends her son off to visit his dad. Yes. Is that what he's doing? Uh-huh. And she goes home and she's lonely and she's playing the piano by herself and it's it's not very good. Yeah. Oh. I thought that I thought that was a really funny <laughs> Well, it's because they have background music playing as they like ease uh-huh. into the scene and the piano like is totally discordant with the mu- <laughs> with the music this playing. It's just a weird thing. I really like that. And then that leads into she sees an ad for Jamaica on TV. The woman uh-huh. on TV morphs into herself. And that's when she has yep. the idea of like, hey, let's go to Jamaica. She gets a phone call, too, from the guy from the commercial. I was confused. Was she having a full daydream there? She was hallucinating. It was like a whole mirage. No, no, that was the judge. Like one of her sisters was trying to set her up with the judge who pops up yeah. later in the movie. Yeah. And uh, who's an age appropriate suitor. An age appropriate suitor. Right. So that really was him on the phone or was he? That, that yeah. really was him on the phone. And she was saying a bunch of stuff where she was looking at the TV and being like, gotcha. Ooh, yes, please. And the guy on the phone was was like, whoa, I'm not used to women being this forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was such a wacky comedy set piece. And I was very surprised that knowing nothing about this movie other than when I was a kid, I saw the trailer and was like, hey. um, <laughs> I would have thought, the, I would have thought at the beginning that we would start like, with a really sad divorce and she is really down in the dumps and she visibly needs to get her groove back. But she is a very successful businesswoman having a very good life and she's happy. And then she goes to Jamaica cause she saw a commercial. Like, yeah. uh, it just, it, it, uh, She's kind of doing fine. She doesn't necessarily need a groove. No, she's, is she she's happy? A- I, th- I thought she did need a little bit of a groove back. 
Barely. She's an ass kicker, but she's got money. She's got a lot of money. Yeah. Her son drives a goddamn go-kart. Yeah. Yes. And the, the house, there's like a house in, I think it's Marin County. Cause you see her driving home over the Golden Gate Bridge and it's like this amazing, Yeah, she's, She's rich and she's not depressed. She she's lives like, up on the hill and like big window. Her friends think she needed need a man and that's pretty much all. And I'm going to call this this back. What we're talking about right now, I'm going to call this back later because it informs how I thought the movie was going to end. Here's what I want to say about uh, San Francisco. When the when the son was leaving, he was wearing a San Francisco cap, uh, a Gi- San Francisco Giants cap, and I feel like I don't see that much. Like I would see that a lot in '90s movies where. People would be wearing the sports team of the town they lived in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't see that much anymore. Maybe it's I'm not watching the right movies. What do you think? I think the logos are tricky to get cleared now. Mm-hmm. Sports teams are like, you better pay up. There was a movie that Richard Pryor was in where he wears a Cubs jersey the whole time. And he looks so cool. Was it? It's like um, Brewster's Millions, maybe? Huh. Hmm. Anyway, I don't mean to talk about sports logo legality, but... I like um, it. I remember that um, Derek Jeter would always wear a Yankees jersey. <laughs> At certain times of yeah, uh, the day. certain times. Did he clear that? Like a, a, almost, it was a lot. It was like 162 times per summer. My God. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times his team would go into the fall too. Yeah. So, folks, we see the commercial and Stella goes to Jamaica with Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg, who is named... We're just going to call her Whoopi. How about that? Yeah. And very quickly, they pass um, an employee of the hotel who says, welcome to Jamaica, ladies. And they go, ooh, after he leaves. But he doesn't really have an accent when he says that. It's such a strange thing. Did you notice that? I played it back more than once. I think they were just, uh, like, I thought it was really funny that these two ladies were, like, out on the prowl. Yeah, but it's funny that, like, I thought that the guy who passed them was supposed to be like a Jamaican dude. And this is what he sounded like. Welcome to Jamaica, ladies. (laughs) Just the most flat delivery. Like that was meant to be like a very. He's not he's not being like flirty or anything. He's just. uh, It should have been sensual and Jamaican sounding, but it was just like, welcome to Jamaica, ladies. It's me. But this is the this is when I realized that we're in for like a swingers sideways esque movie where Mm. it's. One, it's like two women go to Jamaica. One's a little hornier than the other. <laughs> but, then, but then they meet the two bozos who, who are like more whoopies speed. They have three Super Bowl rings between them. So I think one was a player and one was maybe a coach or something. Yeah, but they're like, they're just like a couple of bozos. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, for all we know, one of them has three Super Bowl rings and the other guy has, has no affiliation <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. That's true. And then we meet Tay Diggs, a.k.a. Winston Shakespeare. Yeah, handsome as hell. Handsome as hell. 20 years old, wants to bone right out the gate. Takes a liking to uh, Stella immediately. Yeah, they meet at brunch and Stella is is almost like freaked out by how much she's into him and she she doesn't really return his advances, huh? Well, he's so young. That scene is like has a inner monologue yeah. in a way that usually a movie would have either a lot of that or none of it. And oh, this the is sudden like, introduction of inner monologue. Yeah. And then a lot of it. Um, and she, the way she goes back and forth, it's like she is 
super attracted to him. And then she kind of recoils at his advances. And I get that like age is a thing and stuff, but this was so much of this movie <laughs> was her going back and forth. I feel like she and Whoopi kind of swap characters a long time where they, they kind of both slut shame each other, but then they both have moments of like, yeah. get out of your shell and let's have a little fun. And it's just like scene by scene. It could, uh, Stella would be like, he's not that young, but what am I doing with this <laughs> yeah, guy? Like I'm going to get arrested. Uh, here's yeah. a great scene where, uh, she's had two interactions with, uh, Winston Shakespeare and Whoopi tries to talk some sense into her. Ridiculous. What in the world would I do with a 20 year old kid? Fuck him. <laughs> do the humpy hump, do the bumpy bump. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that boy wasn't looking at you like he was old enough to be his mother girl. <laughs> her delivery is so funny. Fuck him. <laughs> Whoopi is so charismatic in this movie. It made me happy. Like, I just think of her from the view now or whatever. Right, right. And you kind of forget that she was like a really very funny movie. Actor. She was yeah. making me laugh when she was like exercising with uh, Stella. Yeah. Like Stella was really good, like had all the gear and stuff and she's kind of stretching like, okay, that's good for me. I'll see you at breakfast. I thought it was a funny little time capsule moment where Whoopi is someone that we now know to be uh, bisexual, I believe. Um, but so at the time it was very funny that like, uh, when she's in the club scene, there is like this like big tall blonde lady that comes over mm -hmm. and hits on her and Whoopi has to be like, yikes. Like there's having to deal, imagine trying to deal with a gay panic joke in a screenplay in the nineties. Right, right. And then pull, you know, it's like, it's, it's one thing just asking, playing a character that's straight, but then having to kind of be a little bit homophobic in your mm -hmm. no, performance. Was that a yikes though? Or was that, was that like an okay I took it as, uh, I'm telling you what you want to hear, but I'm going to give you the slip because you're weirding me uh, out, lady. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. That that was a scene, so they're all at this, at the resort they're at, they have like a pajama party and it's like music playing, everyone's wearing their nice pajamas and stuff. And there's a moment when the DJ or somebody grabs a microphone is like, okay, take them off. And people are taking their shirt, ladies are taking their shirts off. And Stella's like, oh, I can't do that. But you look around the scene and like there's a lot of people with their shirts and stuff still on. So I was like, right. it's not that big of a it's not like, oh, everyone here is so young and crazy. I'm not. Also, that reveal, if I were directing this film and I don't direct films, you would think that you would get the one shot of like, hey, everyone's taking their shirts off. And then here's like the first person who very obviously takes their shirt off. But that was kind of shot in a way where it was just like a couple of extras started taking their shirts off. And I was like, what's happening? What's, and, what's the, going on? and the person who said on the microphone, I couldn't really hear what she said. Me neither. Point is, it quickly gets to Stella and Winston getting it on. Oh, yeah. At first, Stella is thrown off by an ice cube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, first of all, I liked how they got to that. So they've been flirting for a while. And then in the pool, she's like you know, I, would you be intimate with me? And he's like, okay, yes, let's, let's do that. And they were, and she was like, and really? Like that, that early evening, <laughs> that early evening they get going. <laughs> they don't like go on a date. It's a conversation in the pool. Yeah. They decide the terms ahead of time and then it cuts <laughs> to them like creeping close to each other as the sun sets. Sun it's going so down. I heard that there, there's a deleted scene that was in the middle there where they're kind of talking about whether or not they're going to have sex. And she says, yes. But then there's like a long sort of negotiation, like where, where she says, 
how many pumps do you want to do? And he's like, oh, you know, uh, 400 or 500. And she's like, that's too many. I'm, I'm too old. Pumps. Wait a minute. This reminds me of a Twitter account that I know you have nothing to do with. No. Linda Underwear. Just uh, this Linda Underwear (laughs) idea. Twitter is constantly talking about pumps with her husband. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. You've been, you've been out of line um, too long. I also like that uh, that when they had that sex scene that was kind of where they were in the mosquito net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that felt like something. It felt like when you're brainstorming in an outline for a movie and you're, you're like, okay, sex scene in the Caribbean. And you're thinking of the two different categories of specifics and you're like, sex, Caribbean. I know. They're all... Twist it up in the netting. That'll be like, I, I feel like that was one of the first ideas that the writer had. In fact, I bet it was in the novel. Hey, Ooh. there you go. And, uh, you know, I got to say for a movie that comes from a novel, there are a lot of parts, but they move through them quickly. You know, it's chapters. In fact, it's similar to cocktail. Yeah. Uh-huh. Another, another movie that jaunts down to Jamaica. Oh yeah, that's right. And was uh, based on a book. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. and so like, there's a lot of back and forth between her and Winston. And essentially, at some point, Winston gets a job. She's offended that you know she thinks that he's trying to ghost her, but he's like, no, I really got a job at this uh, kitchen or whatever. She goes back to San Francisco, and there's a lot of backy forthy. I, I was not expecting. She goes back. He comes back. They cross all... each other. The two planes uh, in the mm-hmm. in the air. You know what I thought was weird is that they visually didn't look to me like that far apart in age. Uh, for for this whole movie to be based on old lady, young boy. Yeah. Um. He, she's supposed to be forty. He's supposed to be twenty. Uh, Angela Bassett like doesn't look, I, I looked her up and she was around that age when they shot. I think she's like 39, but she doesn't look old enough for it to register as weird to me. And I think Tay Diggs is playing 20, but he was actually like 26. And if I saw them in real life, I, I would probably figure that she's older than him, but I wouldn't be like, Oh, that's yeah, wrong. They, they had a little fun with it when the uh, bartender was like, Oh, you're with your mom. And then he gives her a big tongue kiss and the, Bartender's like, oh, you've got me. That is pretty funny. That was <laughs> insane. That was so funny. <laughs> I liked I liked when Stella met um, Winston's mom. <laughs> she was like a year older than him. Uh, but that was funny to see like a woman in her 40s be like, fuck, I got to meet the parents. I didn't know I had to do this. <laughs> and they're my age. <laughs> yeah, that's super funny that his mom, she's 40 and his mom is 41. Yeah. And she doesn't like it. That was a rough scene. That mom is so cruel. Yeah, that was a rough she's scene. She's immediately like, what are you trying to do with my baby? He's not a baby. He's my baby. <gasps> Why was Whoopi <laughs> in the hospital? She has liver cancer. cancer. Liver? Did they say that explicitly? I'd missed it. No, but I remember they sort of set it up because early on when Whoopi is like, you just got to live your life. Like, go, oh, go for that yeah. boy. Like, she stands, they're sitting on a bench at the beach and Whoopi stands up and looks out at the ocean and she's like, God is here. And I was like, that is, yeah, that's yeah. weird. And then and she later, also mentioned some like little ailment or something. Oh yeah. She said that she's like pre-diabetic or like her blood sugar yes, is weird yes, or yes, something yes. like that. But uh, kind of a bummer to, okay, Whoopi dies. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird in a romantic comedy to essentially kill the main thrust of the comedy of your movie. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the funny I, it, Well, friend. it really did turn like, okay, this isn't a comedy anymore. The comedy's 
dead and now we're going to focus on this relationship. That's like what the boy role, not that I'm saying you should kill off a little boy in a comedy either, but the boy was the sympathetic character in the mix that we were worried. The, the only, yeah. this relationship only has stakes because she has a son. Otherwise who cares really? So that would be this, you know, that would be the person to kill off. Um, they could kill him in all kinds of ways. Like you could have him, um, get all sliced up with a knife. Or like <laughs> autoerotic asphyxiation, for example. Yes. <laughs> like there's a long scene where he's jerking off for like an hour. An hour. <laughs> or he gets shot out of like a helicopter and he's shooting back at the dry, the pilot. Right. Or Something if, like that. if it's a helicopter thing, Mike, it could also be like he, cl he climbs too high and then he gets all chopped up in the blades. Oh yeah. Or so the chopping up and, and he's also uh, pleasing himself to work in Jeff. Yeah. So we could do all three of these in one. And then she she's down below and she sees the pile of gunk fall to the ground and she goes, well, there's my former son, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess I just lost my groove. Well, so but essentially it feels like the the death of Whoopi is what kind of brings Winston into her normal life. And that's where we have some real trouble assimilating. It's no longer like a wild fling. It's like the the cracks are starting to show where he is kind of like a little boy. He plays video games. They make the uh, they, butt cracks are starting to show. You know what scene I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Tay digs in the shower. Yo, but he, he they <laughs> make it works out. They make the point that he likes sugary cereal and that's somehow a deal breaker for her. <laughs> it's immature. Well, they went to the, they went to go see, uh, my last nerve. Yeah. Movie. Like a shitty movie that she didn't like. <laughs> I thought that was great. I love when they go into the movie uh, and like everyone in the movie is like laughing wall to wall. It's so funny. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be yeah. in a movie where everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. I think that's us at an Adam Sandler movie. It's, it's me at, um, the most satirical look at the, oh. uh, the government no, type movie. What, but you what, can't what? think of an example or a title, but you should yeah, think of an example. Uh, oh, Dr. Yes. Strange Love. The Big yes. Short. Thank you. Yes. You got to it before me. The Big Short. I was rolling, literally rolling in the aisles. Did laughter. I ever tell you about the time I, when I saw Truman Show mm -hmm. opening night at the mall? It was a sold out show and it was a Jim Carrey movie. And it was one of those weird things where that the audience had just arrived to laugh. Yeah. They were ready to watch a Jim Carrey movie. And we all know Truman Show. There's a handful of very funny moments, but it's not really a comedy. And the audience at the Hudson Valley Mall in Kingston, New York, they just laughed anyway. Like they just <laughs> roared. And it was as if they were Tay Diggs watching My Last Nerve. They were like chomping popcorn and laughing all <laughs> over the place at what is essentially like a sad critique of reality television. Man, that takes me out of a movie when people are too quick to laugh at something where you're like, you know, this is funny, but it's not supposed to be like, we're all cracking up. I remember seeing Darjeeling limited and people were like really too quick to laugh, to be like, I'm in on the joke. I'm indie. And it was oh, like, yeah, yeah the, this the sucks. indie, the indie, uh, the indie movie, like laugh is a tough one. We saw Mike, I think you were with me at the, that old double feature theater on Hollywood and Vine. Oh, to see, yeah. Uh, Kill, Bill Kill Bill Volume 1. And, you know, yeah, Kill Bill uh, has an element of camp to it because it's Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. But there was a guy there by himself sitting up front just like roaring with laughter to yeah. prove that he knew that it, it was like, oh, it's a genre play. <laughs> it was like an empty theater, too. I think it was the three of us. 
Yeah. <laughs> that guy fucking sucks. We rule. When I saw John Wick 3, I was sitting behind a guy who was like, <laughs> like each hit, he was like, oh, whoa, oh, <laughs> for like the whole movie. And there's a lot of punches thrown in that movie. My favorite audience member I ever encountered was um, opening night of The Phantom Menace, the big night, like mm-hmm. the midnight showing at, at the mall uh, for the first of the prequels. Tensions were high. Yeah. And everybody is dressed up and and I was not dressed up. I, I was kind of cool. I looked awesome. Yeah, actually. leather jacket, hair <laughs> slicked back. <laughs> leather pants, leather socks, leather underwear. Um, no, uh, the uh, 20th Century Fox logo comes up and uh-huh. everybody is clapping and going nuts. And then it says <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And it gets really, really silent. And then one guy goes, Yoda! And everyone's like, yeah! <laughs> and it was like a thousand people cheering for Yoda. And uh, I was like so happy for that guy that he got like an ovation. Tim, you've told me, what well, you told me about that. And then when I saw episode three, I think we were together. Maybe you weren't there. And I, I tried that and got silence. <laughs> you said Yoda? Yeah. I thought that was such a funny thing. I was like, I'll see if this works. And it did not. Like last time I listened to Tim's movie. Time. It's stories. a risky game yeah. playing that Yoda shout out. It sucks. Well, guys, here's how we get to the end of how Stella got her groove back. Huh. There are multiple fights towards the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. There's a fight after the movie theater run in at, at the restaurant where he kind of calls her out for like, She's like, well, you can't pay for this. And he's like, well, you got everything planned or whatever. He does sort of stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to he asks her to marry him. She says she'll think about it. And then they're at like a parent-teacher conference or something like that. And they start fighting in the parking lot in front of the kid. And it really starts to make you think that they're not supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. You know? And And around now, I'm thinking like, Maybe this is one of those movies where Stella does get her groove back, but it's not about her ending up with Winston because she's not like super sad in the beginning. She's okay. Maybe I thought so too, Jeff. They they do, and that's why I think the movie really is effective because they kind of make both arguments back and forth and back and forth. But then, of course, he heads back to Jamaica. He wants to go to medical school, and who's at the airport? Yeah, but Stella. And gives a pretty awkward line. Ever consider Stanford? Yeah. But me in my living room at 2 a.m., I was like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I've considered it. She's got the groove. Yeah, I I thought it was going to be, I was like, I like this movie because it's going to end with just like, oh, shit, it just didn't work out. And uh, not everything works out, but it did. Maybe the novel, a novel would end where the relationship fell apart, but she got her groove back in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I loved in a little bit of off-screen dialogue that felt like it was maybe added later was um, Winston is in a cab on the way to the San Francisco airport and uh, it's raining. And on the radio we hear mm, the 101 is gridlock. If you're going to the airport, take the, Take 280 instead of the 101. <laughs> and then when he gets to the airport, she's there waiting for him. And so it's just implied. I thought, she must have taken 280. She took 280. <laughs> she took 280. Instead of saying ever considered Stanford, she should have said, 
I took the 280. <laughs> How did you? I, I did actually think she was going to say that. That is really funny. I'm sure that was like a, a focus group. Somebody wrote like, or more than one person wrote on the car card. How did she get there so quickly? Uh, I Yeah, I think it, because they were considering other things of like, at one point she was supposed to like take a rocket car there, I guess. <laughs> Whoa, there's a rocket car flying over all the traffic. And then, or you don't see it, but oh yeah, it's all just from the radio announcer. Yeah. They tried all the different ways. Um, Stella is sprinting uh, alongside <laughs> the 101 faster than any of the cars. Man, but there's a lot of sex scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Hello. I was rock hard. There was. They did the when they first got together. They, they did the funny thing where like they pan over to the window and the curtains go. Yeah, but then they cut back to them like making out again. <laughs> it's like if you're going to the curtains, that's the end. They of know. The, they know what people want to see. But at the end of the movie, like they have their basically their last fight. He asks her to marry him. They fight in the parking lot. They do the shower scene, the big shower scene with the uh, the mm-hmm. Tay Diggs. But she gets in there with her clothes on and starts making out it's great yeah and it cuts to she's basically like coming and they they have the camera like zoom in on her face oh yeah but it's got this weird sort of sorrowful quality to it and it she cried there's a tear coming down and it lingers on him and i was like damn this is some a sex scene with some real dimension because we're feeling like maybe this is all it is and, yeah, not and, your usual. Uh, 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 yeah. This is she's realizing hey. that it's that's the last time, realizing that's the end of the relationship. It, I thought it was great. Like, I don't think I've seen a sex scene that had like a bit of like bittersweet regret in it. Yeah, me, I'm, I, I'm normally over here going. <laughs> <laughs> I I was I didn't read it that way. I had taken it as if just that. Maybe the fluids of her body had accidentally rerouted out her eyeballs. <laughs> oh. So I didn't I didn't know that that was a tear. I thought maybe she had like in the middle of the whole act has stubbed her toe and it was finally like <laughs> I also another thing yeah <laughs> stubbed her toe on on his ass. <laughs> on his ass. On his rock I, ass. I felt you know when you when you're watching a movie you're like I know where this is going and then it doesn't and you you're like oh I was wrong. I had one of those in the shower scene because you see him and he's naked so his his it's a there's a butt shot, right? And we know his butt is out. Uh-huh. And then she gets in the shower and she's all wet, you know. Uh she's clothed and her clothes get all wet from the shower. Mm-hmm. And I was like I know where this is going. He's going to rip a huge fart to dry her <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's definitely, oh, this is so obvious. Right, because oh. there was that line, uh, they like walk by a radio and the announcers on the radio is like, uh, <laughs> Winston Shakespeare sets record for eating the yeah. most burritos in San Francisco. A bean shortage in San Francisco after Winston has a feast. Officials suspect Winston's Sherlock or Shakespeare. <laughs> Steer clear of Winston's ass region tonight. Unless well, it goes without saying, if you are wet, <laughs> need to be dried off quickly. You might want to <laughs> camp out behind Winston Shakespeare's ass. <laughs> and a toned ass as it is. Okay, uh, now with the weather. What do you think about, I have never like worked on movies, and I don't read a lot of movie scripts, but... When you do nudity in a movie, you have like a nudity clause in your contract and you get paid more and stuff. So like 
that butt shot that didn't, it's not like the director was just like, oh yeah. And you know, maybe we'll, we'll we might happen to catch your buttocks in the frame. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that was like discussed, you know, when you, they cast him, his agents like haggle, like, yeah, okay, we'll give you two cheeks. And uh, there you go. <laughs> I wonder like how I want to see what those meetings are like, or if that's in the script, like exactly what's there. Cause there's a weird, it, it's not just like they have sex in the shower. It's like, we see him nude. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not a thing. I don't think that it's in the script, but as somewhere along, maybe it's the storyboarding or maybe the director just like has the idea and has to run it by yeah. Tay Diggs's agents. But like that stuff doesn't just naturally happen. It's like mm-hmm. a big and deal. It says in bold type, finally, colon, we see, but yeah, <laughs> we've been waiting this whole well, time on birthday boys. Somebody sprang uh butt on me day of damn on uh what is it seven brothers brewery did you then have to do a bunch of uh cheek clinches real fast to make sure you were yeah you yeah, were yeah, yeah, up? yeah yeah i did i did my butt kegels and got ready to jump in the scene <laughs> stella did she get her groove back i think so yeah she got her groove back and then some i would say she got more well i think she like she got more than a groove back because I think she gets her groove back pretty quickly in the movie. She never didn't have a groove in the movie starts. It's kind of just like maybe the last shot of the movie at the airport is where she finally gets a groove. But this is not Stella a movie. maintains this is a, her groove. It's a it's a, the title doesn't fit the film. Let's face it. Let's just, <laughs> Let's just face hey, it. catchy title. It's basically why we watched it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. It was, cool. it was it was it was fun to watch. It was funny. Like I thought there were really funny parts. Uh, like Jeff was saying, there were some things that made you think, but also it was a uh, cool seeing a movie like a time capsule movie from 1998. And movies, we watch a lot of dumb movies, uh, here on the Patreon and stuff. And whether or not you like a movie or you have, you've seen and you have nostalgia blah, blah, blah. There are movies that just, they work and movies that just like, don't, you know, like mm-hmm. when we're watching like cocktail, you're just like. I have an affinity for that movie, but it's not, it's not working. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, like you could, I can have think the reason certain things were able, could stick out as weird is overall it's working. Like the, the, the directing, it's like a really well directed feeling movie. And then, so when there's bad acting, I've, I, there's a few moments where Angela Bassett, I thought was like pretty stiff and they would stick out because you're like, oh, I was buying into this and, and Whoopi is so good well, that that one line is, but was she stiff or did she just not have her groove though? Yeah. No, there's a scene when she comes back to San Francisco to find out she's been fired, uh, yeah. laid off. She walks into her boss's office, who was the, the designer of the Titanic. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, that dude that. was super familiar. He was also the dad in the happiest season. If you watch that. Right. Um, oh, shit. But when she walks into that office, she's like, what do you mean? This does not add up. I have been fired. And what are you talking? Like, maybe it was a reshoot and she was rusty or something. Because I do like her overall. But like, yeah, the movie hangs together. It was, it's really well shot. It's like, everything looks so appealing in Jamaica. It, and it's so funny when you first meet Whoopi, she is a... Uh, She's doing the window displays at Calvin Klein <laughs> and she, and she's putting stuff in the underwear of the male models. <laughs> like she's like, I like, she's like packing the, the mannequins dicks. It's so funny. I love it. And she's like looking at someone outside the window and like kind of nodding. She's like, Hey, you <laughs> like this? this? Cool, right? <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I felt like, um, that was a fun choice 
rom-coms always have funny jobs because it's usually a writer trying to think of an analog for a creative profession mm -hmm. that's not a screenwriter. So there's a lot of advertising executives and magazine editors and stuff like that. And I thought that the the window window designers of Manhattan is, is such a fun, like a funny thing I wouldn't have thought of. I wonder too, with stuff like that, you know, you need to make things like interesting in a screenplay. I wonder if San Francisco was the... Uh, city in the screenplay or if it was like all right what uh what's a cool city let's make this like san francisco yeah let's do that um yeah i always think that san francisco pops up when you're like just trying to not say new york and it's yeah. like or, or everybody LA. then knew clearly i feel LA. like they shot a yeah. bunch of this stuff in la and we're just like uh it's san francisco <laughs> san francisco is just an interesting it has a culture to it and it makes you it tricks you into being like oh wow hey san francisco my god oh, Wow. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm watching a movie about San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. never thought that I would be the viewer of such a film location. <laughs> well, guys, it, it seems like the American public agreed with us because the budget for this movie was $20 million and it made about $40 million. Whoa! Hey, wait a second. Winston is 20 years old and Stella is 40 years yep. old. Hey. I think they plan that, actually. Makes sense. Does that always... I've never looked this up before, but... Does that tend to be the thing with movies where the ages of the leads are also the budget, the budget and, and the, the gross? And the gross? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if that's the case, I'm going to write a movie called The Baby Who Fucks the 200 Year Old. Why do I have to fuck? <laughs> Maybe the 200 year old babysits the baby. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm here on Wikipedia looking up uh, Tay Diggs. He's not Jamaican, right? Mm -mm. He's an American dude. But it says here that he was once married to the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem. <laughs> yeah. They were married? Yes, he was married Adina. to Adina, uh, Adina Menzel in 2003, and they divorced in 2014. The wickedly talented. I like that. He's cool, man. I thought he was so likable in this movie. Like, yes. it's so hard to put, like, a young hunk in front of me. Like, fuck Timothy Chalamet. Like, I don't want to fucking hey, see that. Hey, no, hey, no, hey, fuck hey. him. Fuck him Watch and wait, fuck you. Fuck you. No. <laughs> you say a, that to me. But like, a, no, you don't fuck us. B, you haven't seen Call Me By Your Name. No, no, no. That, well, that's the whole point. No. That's his breakout film. I, but, but you haven't I seen it. I saw Little Women. He was good in it. Uh, he, he's a he's a great and he's a tiny character. I thought he was a pipsqueak and a punk. You know yeah. who's a pipsqueak and a punk? You do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Tay Diggs for the win, as they say. He's a hunk, and he's you see him, and you're like, man, this guy's smooth as hell. His teeth are pearly white. He's he's flashing them yeah. this way and that. <laughs> That's a real hard role to, to like the camera finds you for the first time and you're supposed to be like sexy and fun and charming. You know, when we watched, that. I could do that. <laughs> you could do that. Hi. <laughs> how, how Stella, how Stella met hand. For <laughs> she's, it's, it's a shot on her and she's looking across the thing. She's like, Oh no. And it cuts to oh, me. Oh no. Who's like, that plaid <laughs> son of a bitch. With fried egg all over my face. And you're like, Hey lady, do you want a Miller High Life? Tig Diggs isn't here. Remember Coyote Ugly? Do I ever? And remember yes. fondly. The male love interest in that movie 
is pumping those dimples and flashing those eyes and working so hard. And I didn't hate him or anything, but like the charm didn't work on me, nor did it work on America because he never got famous. Whereas like Tay Diggs, he really, he pulls it off. Like the the camera like finds him and we're supposed to be like, whoa. And, (laughs) and, and like, to me, it wasn't a, it didn't rub me the wrong way. Like I, I was, I thought it was like a funny scene when she locked eyes with him. And like when it comes out that his name is Winston Shakespeare, it's like, God damn, this is like a manic pixie dream boat situation. <laughs> but here's the other thing oh, yeah. is like, we've seen the guy version of this a million fucking times where mm-hmm. it's like, mm. Oh, we got this young free spirited person who likes the main character. And, She's going to unlock him from his stuff if it's, you know, uh, Eternal Sunshine or Garden State or whatever else. And in this one, it really was like, we're going to dig deep and we're going to fight back and forth about the actual age differences here. And uh, by the end of it, I did think it was getting a little long, but I was like, they got a real movie on their hands here. Yeah, it's, it is funny how, I mean, I'm not the first person on earth to point out the double standard. But when we watch Love Actually, every man in that movie is 44 and every woman is 26 and ages are not even mentioned. So it is so funny that it's like the inciting incident of this movie is an age gap. Well, it's also funny. I I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast or if it just hit me after the fact because I was drunk. But in Love Actually, you were like, why are half these stories about powerful males wanting to fuck their subordinates. Yeah. And it it's true. There's three of them. I thought there were only two, but there are three. Hugh Grant wants to fuck his secretary, like secretary or whatever. Assistant. Uh, Colin Firth wants to fuck his maid. maid. Assistant. And then... Oh, yeah, maid. And uh, Snape. Alan Rickman. Uh, Alan Rickman <laughs> wants to fuck his, his assistant. Oh, yeah, they're all an assistant and, position. Yeah, Weird. they're all, they're all like Weinstein situations. Every single one of but them. But charming, charming wine scene situations. <laughs> yeah, because Harvey didn't have that certain something. Guys, what are our final thoughts on how Stella got a groove back? I think it was a great surprise for me. Didn't know what to expect. I really did not know what the groove was or like, I mean, I kind of did, but I didn't know like how that's how it all played out. Like I thought we would be in Jamaica the whole time. Uh, and I liked um, I thought they were going to be cheese its groups. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a real ruffle that, situation. So that threw me for a loop. I thought it was going to be how David Wayne, Michael Showalter, and Michael Ian Black get their cheese its grooves back. But I, I did, I liked this. I thought there was like a handful of crazy curveballs and and weird uh, things that were weird. But overall, it's like a good, charming movie and. Soundtrack, did you see who was the, the music producers on this movie? Mm-mm. No, but I did notice that uh, P-Funk flashlight was in it. That made me happy. That was good. There was a lot of good funk. There was a lot of good, when they're in Jamaica, good reggae. But then um, the the music was done by uh, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They're like the New Jack Swing guys, the producers that wrote all of Janet Jackson's hits. Ah. And like... It was that whole movement in in R and B in the in the late eighties, early nineties. That's like that hard percussion, where you know, like those drum machines that are like really abrasive, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a thing. And uh, I, I thought the, mu- the music was great. Damn. Yeah. What about you, Jay? Did you like it? Honestly, I liked it uh, a lot. I, I I laughed a lot. 
when I laugh by myself in my apartment, I make note of it. Yeah. You know, and uh, it got a couple out of me and I said, hey. You bring out the ledger and mark the time and date. One laugh at Whoopi saying fuck. I pause it and I put on my spectacles and I go, okay. <laughs> and I kneel down to the ledger. Okay. And I, and I, I hate to say I dip it. the pen in the inkwell and I go, check, check, okay. And then press play again. I did that a couple times. <laughs> this made me want to watch Sister Act. Yes. I, I was like, ah. I'm like, maybe I'm a big Whoopi fan. And I, I know that she's great in Ghost, but what about, uh, Sister Act. What about the one where she is friends with a dinosaur? Mac and me? No, not Mac and me. Uh, dinosaur and I? The raptor? I don't know. And the lady? Hold on. What the fuck? Hold on. The dino, the dino, the dino duo, maybe. Maybe it's um, that's what it is. Uh, the T-Rex? Oh, Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex. Never heard of it. Theodore Rex, also known as T-Rex, is a 1996 buddy cop science fiction act. <laughs> buddy cop science <laughs> fiction family film written and directed by Jonathan Butel. Butel. Dinosaurs coexist with humans. That beautiful butel. Okay, but guys. Butel. I'm going to try to pivot to male. Are, are you guys into yeah. pivoting to male? Pivot away. Piv. Oh, oh no. I'm seeing on Rotten Tomatoes that Theodore Rex only has one star. Okay. It's male time. Mike, I think you got your groove back. <laughs> sure did. Chris asks, hey guys, I'm a big slop head and I've been having a great time listening to you boys sip. My girlfriend- Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Chris. My girlfriend's family recently purchased a Drinkworks Keurig, which is a machine that makes you alcoholic beverages depending on the different types of Keurig pods that you purchase. What? The machine is $300 with pods running from $16 to $70 for a variety pack. Do Keurig pod cocktails sound like a practical idea or a big waste of money? Keep it up, boys. Huh. So you just, you, I assume you just run water through these things? What, what the hell is going is on there, Is there dried liquor in the pod? Hold on. I'm going to click on the link he sent and I'm going to share it to you guys. That sounds uh, not right. Yeah, it sounds... That sounds just wrong. I mean, this is sort of like a Keurig, but for adult beverages. It is a Keurig, in fact, of course. We're a joint venture between Keurig and Anheuser-Busch, and Whoa. we are super excited about our launch of our pilot here in St. Louis. I'm gonna pause right here and say, they've got a Hemingway daiquiri, a Cosmopolitan, an Old Fashioned, a Margarita, and a Mojito, which is pretty good, pretty good lineup. Okay. That's a lot of classics, a lot of IBAs. Now, we do have to make our own garnish. That doesn't come in the box, right? That's true. The garnish is yours, but it's so much easier than the complexity no of, of cocktails. All the different ingredients, all of the uh, all of the juices and mixers and fruit. And, and the shaking. And the shaking and the preparation. And all there it is. Oh my shaking. gosh, that is amazing. So how many different drinks are available? We are launching with 24 different uh, different flavors. Wow. wow. You can see Moscow Mule, uh, Mai Tai, Long Island Tea, Old An Fashioned. Old Fashioned? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And, like, <laughs> who's coming up with these? We have a bunch of mixologists in a back room somewhere. Why are some, some more interesting than others? I got to stop this guy right here. Uh, <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't understand I where we don't either. Is there powdered alcohol? How do you how do you just shoot water through a pod and then have it become alcohol on the other side? 
<laughs> Here's my guess. I bet that it's not liquor. It's not powdered liquor. I bet this is like, you know, the Budweiser Limerita mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. I bet these are malt approximations of cocktails. So you think they have a base liquor that is as plain as they can make it and they just shoot it through a flavor? Yes, and I think that's malt. I think it's just like... Is that water in that tank? Yeah, we think so. Yeah. Okay. But I can't imagine that tastes good at all. It must taste like shit. It also takes a lot of the fun out of it. I mean... Exactly. Imagine being like, hey, come over to my house. Uh, can you believe it or not? I'm going to make us a cosmopolitan. And then it comes out of a curing. You're like, meh. Most yeah. things in life are really cool when they're analog and they eventually become really digital and democratized and we eventually get used to them mm-hmm. and they get better. So it's like, it's harder to make the argument against, you know, the digital margarita or whatever. So I feel like one day, unfortunately, we might have to get used to this sort of thing because it will rival the the real deal. I mean, the next step is we're eating a full uh, turkey dinner and a pill. Yeah, I, I want to make I want to make the drink. I want to make the turkey dinner. <laughs> my ideal cocktail is I put on my Oculus Rift oh, and I God. disappear off into digital world where there's a Mai Tai. <laughs> <laughs> And I helped crash Bandicoot, save the city. Oh, God. Uh, well, Chris, I'm glad you sent that in because that was... No idea that exists. Interesting stuff. I had no idea. When a listener sends in an email with a, something that is interesting like that, it makes makes me feel bad about my work in Booze News. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a- I should, I'm the editor of a news broadcast and I didn't see that. That's a good and booze news don't, topic. Don't you take it so Chris. hard. Yeah, he could be like a correspondent. Well, um, I see why these journalists become hard drinkers and stuff because I, I'm disillusioned. Well, or, or they're chasing stories like this. Did Chris say that he liked this thing? It tasted good? Well, let me see. Let me, let me. Just that he had one or his parents had one or uh, He's probably the guy in the video. He's probably hawking. He expressed, <laughs> uh, Chris expressed no opinion. <laughs> Did he mention in the email if he wears a sweater with a Patagonia vest over it? No. Because that's what the guy in the video was wearing. Oh, yeah. If he's trying to sell us that shit, I'm going to fucking tear his head off. Don't you dare. Well, guys, if you got a question for the boys, you know how to email us, right? I assume you do. Click around. Just get on the web and... Fire went off. It's the sloppy boys podcast at gmail.com. You ever do that? You ever get online and just say, you know what? I got no t- purpose here. I'm just going to click around, see where I end up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hitchhike my way down the information superhighway and see what I get into. I always end up at e bombs world. Yeah. I'm always over at godaddy.com. <laughs> what is that? Godaddy.com had a bunch of like, sexy ads but they're for like domain names if you want to buy a domain name Uh, Mm. i think of it as like something that was like tattooed on boxers bodies yeah i thought it was like (laughs) erectile dysfunction or something i thought it was like a job searching website like monster like they didn't really do a good job there then they did a bad job but everybody knew GoDaddy, and it was like what's GoDaddy? Mm -hmm. what's GoDaddy? Oh, I remember that summer. It was hot and steamy, and everyone was talking about what is GoDaddy. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that is the show. 
That is all we have. That's all she wrote. Uh, hey, get your groove back this January, this 2021. We got our grooves back. Three grooves. Here we are, a rejuvenated podcast. Don't you guys feel like you got an extra pep in your step? Three grooves. Yeah, man, certified woo. back. <laughs> Three Cheez-Its grooves in the mix. See you next week, folks. We love you. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks, we everyone. It. Ta-ta. Bye, Patrons. Bye.